Hello and welcome to Euphoria, the podcast all about the great, glam and garish of Eurovision past. My name is Roland Bodnam and as ever, I am joined by a woman who is popular, she is popular, she got real popular... It's Isabel <laughs> Chilman. Oh, that's Hi. real nice of you. <laughs> Hi, Isabel. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. quite tired. Yes. It's quite late here in the UK for this it, one. But it's I'm, another. I'm soldiering on. I've got a snoozing patsy next to me. Uh, as soon as I got my podcast bag up and out, obviously, she, if there's a bag, she'll have a sleep on it. Oh, bless. Do you think she knows now what... Not what a podcast is, but that you do a thing where she can sit next to you for a while whilst you talk into a, a weird object. Yeah, maybe she knows it's quiet time for her. Although, oh. um, my illusions of her being a smart animal were <laughs> shattered today. Oh no. Because I I know I know that she's a bit problematic on our street sometimes. People oh. tell me Patsy stories. Oh, I saw your cat. She was sat out in the road or she ran out in Yeah, yeah, please don't put Ruffian. fear of God in me. Yeah. I fully understand yeah, she's yeah. an idiot. Um didn't understand how much of an idiot she was until I was coming down my street today after work, saw a car slowly <sighs> drive in front of my um house and stop in the road. A bike going the opposite direction stopped and they no. seemed to be having a chat and I thought, what are they doing? Oh no. Looked down, could see Patsy lying in no. the middle of oh, the road. My God. Right. I was freaking out because I yeah. thought she's been hit she's dead something's happened she's just yeah. lying there they're trying to work out what to do with a dead cat yeah. I ran over no 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 my cat was fine she was lying in a road in a in my my road outside my oh house my God. allowing a car to drive around her because she was too focused on a pigeon I was lucky that the 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 guy in the car thought it was very funny and right. the guy on the bike had a right giggle at me when I went chasing over and then picked her up yeah uh, and was swearing at her, and he was like, "Oh, maybe, well, maybe she's hungry." And I was like, "She's well fed, thank you." Yes, <laughs> she's just a moron. <laughs> oh, bless. Uh, so well, now um, she's on a uh, house uh, house arrest. Okay, I'm not well, letting her outside for the foreseeable. <laughs> that's for poor behaviour. Uh, yeah. As it's so late over there as well, are you helping yourself to a drink? No, I'm not. I'm not drinking tonight. I'm full of okay. cold. Yeah, oh, so dear. I'm having a lovely glass of. H2O. Ooh, H2O from the Pipes of London. Mm, uh, <laughs> East London specifically, the best kind of water. <laughs> yes. I have, I do have some wine. However, I think as a, I think this is a podcast first. My wine today is coming in the form of a box. So. <laughs> oh my God, box wine. Shut up. <laughs> it is box wine. It is called Butter Box. Uh, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon from California. Um, Wowie. I don't know how I'm going to make this sound because it requires two hands. Oh, God. Hang on. Oh. It sounds like you're having a wee. It, <laughs> I was just going to say it sounds like I'm having a wee. Uh, well, there we go. Cheers, mate. Cheers to uh, cheers. cheers to you. Um, oh, here we go. Wine. Delicious. Mm, lovely. Mm. Okay, we got to move on because... Uh, uh, for a number of reasons, we got quite a lot of uh, emails and quite a lot of um, uh, story to tell. Uh, so we are moving on to some any other business. Uh, we are going to do actually before we do emails, Isabel. Um, off the back of your rather wonderful big fat Euphoria quiz, we got <laughs> some people uh, who took part themselves and gave us their scores. Should we do a rundown of uh, worst to first uh, some of the scores that we got in? Yeah, well, I think worst was yours, mate. I'm yeah, no, I uh, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm fine taking that uh, that crown there. Um, no, we did. It. Thank you to everyone who got in touch. So, uh, the wonderful at film fifty two on Twitter um, email. No, they didn't email because it's on Twitter. They tweeted. Yeah. I'm quite tired. Can you tell? <laughs> uh, saying they got they only got thirteen points. They guessed okay. Sylvia Knight, but for the wrong song. Oh, what are you like, eh? that's good. What are getting you like? Sylvia Knight though. It's tough. Oh, very good. And at Peter underscore Spencer underscore got nineteen. Wow. Uh, said he loves the quiz. I wow. was straight in there with Sylvia Knight because it's been on their playlist uh, wow. ever since they listened to your story about her. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and the lovely Taylor uh, got in touch. No, I think we have a winner. 
Yes, I think we have a winner. Uh, the lovely Taylor, this one was over email, scored a rather impressive 22 points there, way out in front. Congratulations, Taylor. Not only are you spreadsheet mastermind, podcast <laughs> ultra fave, uh, you are now uh, the reigning champion of the Big Fat Euphoria quiz. Love it. Love, Love it. it. Oh, well, there we go. That is the scores. Let's move on because we do have some emails. Our first email uh, actually comes from uh, Speaker of the Devil, Taylor herself, our friend mm-hmm. from Florida. Uh, Taylor says, hello, Isabel and Roland. Eee! That's a lot of ease. Uh, <laughs> um, you filled up my heart once again. I was spam texting my reactions to my mother through the entire episode. She'll have quite <laughs> a lot to read when she wakes up. Oh. Uh, and she says, and what an episode. It's it's after midnight here, but my brain is always buzzing awake enough when it comes to Eurovision quizzing. Uh, she gives her score there of 22 out of 33. Congratulations. Um, she updates us. Do you remember we were talking about her translating a song for us? Uh, mm-hmm. One of the songs that I've already written. So she says on a preliminary scan, she would love to try either... Easy Come, Easy Go, uh, which you remember was the breakup song that was quite poorly timed for, uh, for you. <laughs> yeah, you did that one when I was dumped. <laughs> like, the, the yeah, almost to the day. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, Can't Tie Me Down, which was a sort of female group kind of empowerment one. Or uh, stra- uh, she says, Can't Tie Me Down in French or Strange Things in Russian. I like the idea of uh, strange things in Russian. So that's yeah. very exciting. So I think I'm going to send uh, Taylor a couple of those backing tracks and uh, see what she does with them. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm yep. really into that idea. Yep. Yes, please. Taylor, very fun. <laughs> um, see if you can get more points than Roland did for those songs. Wow. Yeah, I think it, I think that would be fair, the translation alone. Uh, <laughs> Taylor says, I can't wait to hear your episodes on the 2019 contest songs, and they will be coming out fairly soon uh she says p.s to isabel congrats on having patsy for two years now Mm. i now feel obliged to show off my boy sunny (laughs) he's eight years old and loves belly rubs oh uh Remember we had we had some cats on before. Cats um, of Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, um, I'm looking at the photos. Yeah. Oh, he's a big ginger boy. He he's is. got a lovely tum and a lovely face. <laughs> oh. So uh, maybe we'll share those on on Twitter as well if we uh, if we're allowed, Taylor. Um, thank you very much for showing us your cat, for sharing us your score, and for potentially uh, doing some amazing translations too. We have another email from Olga Kralin. Olga says, boy crush, this was amazing. Uh, (laughs) Quoting the line, I want to know you when we are old is the best bit. You absolutely have to make a music video to go with that. Uh, Olga says, I found your podcast last year and I did listen to all of the old podcasts since then. Uh, I love you guys. Keep on being awesome. Much love from Canada. When, where nobody even knows about the Eurovision. Olga, we had someone oh, from Canada Olga. last time, didn't we? Yeah, Did we? clearly. Canada, More. they're going to take that crown from Iceland as our, as our <laughs> biggest fans. Oh, yeah, we got to get on the Canadian charts. They, they always say, if you make it big in Canada, you've made, you've it. made it big globally. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sinatra did a song about that, didn't he? I can't remember. Uh, okay, we have another email from, and you may recognise this name from some time ago, Thomas Barlow, and the subject Ooh. line is An Old Listener Returns. Oh my God, uh, I do, Thomas. Yeah. Uh, dear Isabel and Roland, hello, my dears. It has Aww. been such a long time since I've written. In fact, it was such a long time since I listened. <gasps> How Thomas, rude. Thomas. How he says, rude. You he never says, admit that. He says, I am so sorry. And to be fair, he says, I went traveling around for a few months and have now returned back to Europe, back to Bulgaria, just in time for the Eurovision season. It seems I have many podcasts to catch up on and cannot wait. I've just listened to the pub quiz and managed to best Roland by one point. I feel... Ah, you still still in the I know. I feel 
slightly okay though that scores were at least around my score they weren't like <laughs> four, you know four marks whatever um i hope you are well and i hope that you're as excited as i am for the contest this year like i said i need to catch up on your recent episodes so i have no idea what you think of this year's songs but i love iceland and i love slovenia not sure you can get two more different songs. Disappointingly, Bulgaria has withdrawn. So not only do I not get to support both the UK and Bulgaria, I also don't get a vote. Sad face. A few oh, weeks ago... that's the worst. I know, that is... I mean, you get to adopt another country, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's sad that you don't get a vote, isn't it? It's undemocratic. Um, uh, Thomas continues, A few weeks ago, I visited North Macedonia. That's the new name for... Macedonia, isn't it? They changed their name. We didn't address this. Oh. They, as a country, are now North Macedonia. Not uh, FYI, they're not. They're no longer former Yugo- Yugoslavic Republic of Macedonia. They are now North oh. Macedonia. They'll um, always be FYI, mate. I know. Me. I know. It's like when Czech Republic changed their name to Czechia, except they kind of didn't. So they're still. I don't even know. It's weird. I didn't even but, know that was a thing. Uh, yeah, FYR Mace are officially North Macedonia now. Anyway. Okay, good to know. Thomas says, a few weeks ago, I visited North Macedonia. Whilst in the hostel, I heard Malta's song for this year being played, which is a great song. I ran to the balcony to find the guy working in the hostel playing it. We began talking about Eurovision for the next two hours. We ended up having a few drinks of rakia in the evening, listening to plenty of Eurovision classics. <laughs> he knew the entire dance routine for Fuego, no. and I was mighty impressed. That sounds like my perfect evening. <laughs> it is your perfect evening. It is my perfect evening. The whole dance routine for Fuego. I haven't learned That's, that. Should I, I know. learn that it's for this cool. Eurovision? And mate, I tell you what, that would be quite something. You need, you need some more hair, though, mate. Get yourself a wig. <sighs> I've got a wig. You do have a wig. Yeah, you do. Uh, Thomas says, anyway, thank you so much for your podcast. I forgot just how much I love listening to you. Mm. Much love. Still your only listener in Bulgaria? Question mark. (laughs) Tom. P.S. Roland, I adore the song. So a lot See, of love. See, it's the best. The it's the one of the best ones. <laughs> Boy Crush. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? People love it. Uh, we have. We're going straight on. Another email. This is quick. Stop oh, me goodness. if. Stop me if uh, it's too much. Okay. Um, hello, Roland and Isabel. You may recall a lovely email you received a little while ago from Ross, PhD. Well. I'm the boyfriend he got he got onto your podcast. Oh my goodness. I, I just is this also want... a PhD? Is this another doctor? Well, mm, I don't know. He doesn't say, but let's assume he is. I'd um, say yes. <laughs> I just wanted to write and say that I also enjoy your news and stories and song and everything Eurovision. There are some podcasts that I listen to because I enjoy the subject matter, but the hosts just aren't as as entertaining and fabulous <laughs> as you two. These are my favourite emails, the ones that just compliment us. <laughs> oh, yeah. All I want is an ego boost. I'm yeah, really doing that to um, get people to say how much they like how, me. How lovely we are. <laughs> um, like a lot of people, I listen to you on my commute quite often. So unfortunately, I'm not able to also pop a bottle of wine when listening. But it's so great that that's the tradition for you two. Cheers. Oh, it is I think, great. I mean, you could pop a bottle of wine on the morning commute, but, you You'd know. get some odd looks. <laughs> you get some you odd looks. You know what? You live your life. Maybe. You live. Yeah. You maybe just like, be the truest you that you want to be. Maybe on one of the Eurovision semi-final days, just as a little celebration. Just a, oh, ee. lovely. Uh, I was tempted. We're doing like, uh, we're doing a lot of celebratory things this week yep. to do with a conference that I'm working on. And I almost on Monday, God, that's only yesterday. <laughs> I almost yesterday took in some <laughs> Prosecco to have in the morning <laughs> because I thought it would look great on social. Yeah. Uh, and also I wanted to have a drink and I was yeah. I'm not maybe monday morning is too early <laughs> maybe on the friday morning yeah. i can take in a in a you know mimosa breakfast that's yeah. fine anyway the email continues i was first introduced to eurovision when i was about 23 which is pretty late and horrendously sad but on the bright side uh, there was lots to get caught up on it was an english friend of mine who had moved to canada so it do was, again. It was, it was Ross who was from Canada the last time, oh, yeah, and this is Ross's partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So still own, well, three, but two separate ones um, that told me about it. When this glorious yearly event came to my attention, I was hooked. Because let's be real, it's just so ridiculous and amazing. It is those two things. And now, of course, Ross and I watch every year, hashtag Eurovision religion. Oh, that's such a good hashtag. (laughs) It's a very good hashtag. That's so good. Uh, Yes. Um... Uh, anyways, keep up the awesome work. Roland, I am in awe, and there's more compliments now, that you are creating all of these super creative songs. You, you like Verka, are an inspiration. Uh, Isabel, Isabel, give Patsy a pat for Ross and I. Uh, oh, I will do right now. Lots of love from the land of beavers, maple syrup, and sexy mounties, mm. Matt. Thank you, Matt. Matt, that's such a nice email. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I'm giving Patsy a little pat, pat, pat right now. She's oh. a little snooze. Patsy. Uh, okay, we have one final email. Um, it says, Good evening, Isabel and Roland. Here are the points from the Danish jury. <laughs> <laughs> Great start. Great start. Great I, start to an email. I love, love, love Euphoria. I am a long-time listener, first-time caller. Mm, I got Very in love exciting. with this person already. Yeah. I've seen Eurovision for as long as I remember. For the last 19 years, my friends and I have seen Eurovision together, either at the home of one of us with drinks, scoreboards, flags and glitter, or at various Copenhagen gay bars. In 2013, in the bar Heaven, the AC went out. So there I was, covered in sweat, alcohol, and gay guys. Oh, delicious. (laughs) Happy dancing and sweating and jumping because Emily DeForest had won. Oh, what a delicious evening. That does sound... That's how all Eurovision evenings should be. pure Eurovision, right? (laughs) Sweat, booze, gaze. That's all you need. (laughs) That is All you need. The dream. Glitter chucked in for a bit of fun, but it's the sweat, sweat, booze, sweat, booze, gaze. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Uh, uh, It goes on, inspired by your podcast and the talk of spreadsheets. I have made, I have made a Eurovision all-time favourite songs by country list, uh, i.e. the countries I have a favourite from. Uh, To choose one favourite from Sweden and my home country, Denmark, was quite difficult. There are so many options. Diggy Lou, Diggy Lay from 1984 (laughs) was my first Swedish Eurovision love. My friends and I put a poster of Heres on the classroom wall because we loved them. We were eight years old at the time. From... From Denmark, I choose the entry of 2001 when the Eurovision was held in Copenhagen for the first time in my lifetime. I love the song Never Ever Let You Go, even though it only made second place. (laughs) In in 1986, I desperately wanted to be Sandra Kim from Belgium and I later sang alongside... I don't know if this is actually alongside... And later I sang alongside Johnny Logan from Ireland. Do you think that means well, like... I actually... I can't tell if that's lost in translation and it was like a karaoke song or... You're going to you're gonna have to give us more details if you actually sang alongside Johnny Logan. Yeah, I want to know about that. <laughs> um, to this day, <laughs> I love dancing to Making Your Mind Up from the UK and Wild mm-hmm. Dances from Ukraine. Classics. And I love Dreaming to Nocturne from Norway and Amar Pelostois from Portugal. I would love to hear or see your list. Deuce points from Mete. P.S. I agree with you. Petra and Mans should host Eurovision every yeah, yeah so I think we, we all agreed on that. We, we have this, yeah, we have this amazing list from, I think it's Mete, it might be Met, um, of Eurovision all-time favourite songs oh by country. Goodness, yeah. Maybe we can post this on Twitter as well because we probably can't go yeah. through every one um, and get some other people to share spreadsheets. I feel like we're becoming the Eurovision slash spreadsheet podcast yeah for sure this is mainly going to be spreadsheets by the next <laughs> from here on out just spreadsheets just send eurovision us spreadsheets season. eurovision off season <laughs> i'm interested are. to see them it really makes me happy <laughs> uh, some color coordination oh, conditional yeah. formatting a pivot table if Come you do on, a formula guys. in there some really formulas. get me hot under the, under the collar with this 
um well thank you very much for sending us your emails uh we as we say we always love it new and old listener alike we love you sending us your emails uh if you would like to email us you can email us at euphoria podcast at gmail.com or you can contact us on twitter at EuphoriaCast or at isabel chillman at Roland Bodnam. And also, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe on yeah. iTunes or whatever oh, yeah. you're listening on. Please. We had a new, a couple of new reviews recently, which is very nice. Yeah. You can get that 4.5 back up. Yes. <laughs> a bit higher after the one star Some angry person um, gave us one star for some Never reason. mind. Can't please everyone all the time. No. Can you? No. <laughs> no. And uh, clearly we haven't. <laughs> um, so actually, I've done this in the wrong order because normally we do... Uh, yeah, revision news. Normally we do that first, uh, and we'll be really quick with it. So I've got one thing that I think Isabel. Well, I think I've got two things that will make you angry, actually. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake! First up, I wanted to highlight a bit of wonderful news, uh, but then the the shitty backlash from it has been shitty. Uh, the the wonderful environmental activist Greta Thunberg, oh my uh, God, yeah. the uh, young uh, woman who has been touring various political establishments and came to the UK last week. It was, I mean, it's not news to some people, but it was sort of was spread around the press this week that she is the daughter of Swedish pop singer and Eurovision star Malina Ernman. You saw this news, Isabel, didn't you? I saw you tweeting about it. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. Yes. Very exciting. As I said, that family is getting more powerful with each generation. <laughs> Just think about the kids that Greta's going to have. Mum was a, was a Eurovision star. She is going to save the world from our awful, <laughs> unsustainable <laughs> actions. Yeah. The next one... Yeah. Just going to be all powerful leader. Who knows? Probably. Who knows? <laughs> but she's amazing. Um, the shitty backlash, of course, was people going, oh, what a privileged child she is because her oh, mother. That's mental. Look before- at certain countries, you know, Moldova or mm. San Marino. Half of the country's gone for Eurovision. It doesn't make yep. you privileged. It just means that you were the person's name they picked out of a hat. Yeah. Or you were good. Sorry, that's very rude, isn't it? But uh, in some cases it is. Yeah. And in others, Valentina. And in others, it's <laughs> uh, it's that you your mum was a, a pop star twenty years ago. Yeah. That it, doesn't make you privileged. I love that one of the one of the people that was saying that was all that awful Toby Young. Fucking. just needs to be given no air and I'm not going to give him much but his father called up um, Oxford University and got yeah. him in because he didn't get in the first time so that's privilege we're going to talk about privilege <laughs> I think it's probably that and not the girl that's trying to make us all not die within the next decade yeah. and also the double standard that uh, no one made a fuss when and God love them we did you know we have a bit of a soft spot for them but the fact that Bucks Fizz were going to perform at B-Pop Live's Brexit concert uh, for the night of the referendum what? itself, until it was cancelled. Uh, but yeah, um, sorry what? to say that Bucks Fizz were going to be performing at Brexit Live. Uh, Why? Oh, yeah, I know. Are I they don't Brexiters? Know. I think it was probably the two men in the group rather than the women. Not saying that the women have no say in the matter, but they strike me as more... Uh, as the wrong-uns. More of the wrong-uns. Oh, no, they're, they're, they're all wrong-uns in my eyes now. Uh, here's something else to make you even angrier, Isabel. Oh, <laughs> which I think is... This might be worse than Madonna. Uh, so, mm. as we know, as uh, from the rant last week, uh, Madonna is uh, scheduled to perform at the Eurovision Halftime Show. There are rumours, though, Isabel, that there is going to be another, uh, not performance, but uh, let's call it a skit performed at the Eurovision halftime show in Israel this year. A skit. Uh, The rumour is, (laughs) among Eurovision fan sites, Isabel, that... James Corden has no, been approached to do no, a carpool karaoke no. skit with Gal Gadot for this year's show. No. <laughs> no. I don't know, Isabel, what will happen no, because. No, I'm this... not having this. Do not let him near my Eurovision. He is the world's worst human. 
<laughs> Why does he have to stick his mucky little into fingers into everything, everything that is good everything, in the world? Every single thing. Oh my God. Why? He has uh, nothing to do with Israel. No. He has nothing to do with Eurovision. No. No. Absolutely. I not. hate him. <laughs> this is going to be the worst Eurovision that's ever happened. Well, I think it, I mean, it's just the halftime show, and you're just going to have to distract and divert during it. Uh, so that people don't I see Madonna. <laughs> listen, listen, it's only rumours. It might not happen, but I thought that it was worth saying just for your reaction. Showbiz worm <laughs> getting involved in things that aren't for him. This isn't for him. This isn't for you, James. I think all of what we've said is, is okay, okay to say legally. I, I will, think that's fine. I will review it in the edit and <laughs> if this section is very short then we've said something probably litigious but uh, we'll we'll move on quite quickly. Alright so that's the news and that's the any other business um, that's quite long time. Great. So we are going to move on to my also reasonably extended story oh <laughs> so excellent well i'm gonna do my night, best to keep doing this very late yeah i know i'm so sorry i'm gonna do my best to keep this episode under an hour uh okay. but uh we will see okay okay this week we are going way back we are going all the way back to 1905 and we are in bremerhaven which is in a small town on the northwest german coast Lale Anderson was born Elizabeth Carlotta Helena Berta Bunenberg. Uh, she was born, uh, as you do, to uh, her mother, uh, who I couldn't really find anything out about, um, and to her father, who was a steward on a ship. But they're not really that important to this story, so we're going to move on from them. Uh, <laughs> the majority of her youth was rather unremarkable. However, in 1922, at the young age of just 17, Elizabeth married a German Impressionist painter who, to be honest, is not really that important to the story either because after having three children over the course of six years, their marriage broke down. Elizabeth left her three children to her siblings and mm -hmm. headed for the bright lights, cabaret clubs and jazz bars of Berlin in 1929. She just left the kids behind. I mean, with sisters and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a different time. It was a different time. Because that's not going to be traumatic for them. They'll I be mean, fine. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I think if the, if the sisters were reasonable people, I think, then... I think most likely those those children were traumatised by that. Well, I mean, it was a long time ago, so we'll never know. <laughs> They're dead now, it's fine. <laughs> Probably. After a brief spell studying acting at the Deutsche Theatre in Berlin... She began appearing on stage at various cabaret clubs and shows across Germany, including Ping Pong, Simple, Cabaret de Comica, and Groschenkeller, all of whom were clubs that hosted songs, comedy, and political satire. Meanwhile, let's look at a more global scale. Uh, the stock markets crashed in the United States, and this had a devastating impact on Germany. Millions of people were thrown out of work and several major banks collapsed. Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party uh, leapt on the chance to take advantage of the emergency, the global emergency that was happening. Uh, they promised to strengthen the economy and provide jobs. Uh, they also promised a lot of other things that appealed to uh, the far right leaning. Um, but the mainstream argument was that they would strengthen the economy and provide jobs, something that we hear quite a lot about from populists today as well. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So in 1933, uh, the president appointed Hitler as the chancellor of Germany, um, setting in motion uh, a number of things which led to what we know today as World War II. That same year, Elizabeth decided that due to the political situation happening in her home country, she needed to leave Germany and relocate herself in Zurich, Switzerland, where she continued to perform at the Schauspielhaus uh, Cabaret. Still without the kids. Well, yeah, forget about the kids, mate. They're gone. <laughs> they're not going to be mentioned again in this story. They're probably fine. They're pro Well, I mean, they're in Germany, uh, but... <laughs> Forget about the kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll move on from that. Let's call it a discrepancy. Okay. 
Uh, Her three little discrepancies left behind. In the (laughs) discrepancies. It was at the Schauspielhaus Cabaret that she met Jewish composer Rolf Lieberman. The pair quickly fell in love, and over the next two years, the couple wrote and performed many songs. Despite being deeply in love, Elizabeth did turn down uh, Lieberman's repeated marriage proposals, and she said this was due to her embarrassment about the failure to maintain a proper job and the fact that she abandoned her children and her previous failed marriage. Uh, In addition to this, Elizabeth was, of course, constantly warned about the risks that she would be taking by marrying into Judaism uh, at the time of the rise of the Nazis. Mm Mm-hmm. At this time, also, uh, there were increasing numbers of Jewish artists uh, who began to follow Elizabeth's footsteps to Zurich. Um, uh, In Zurich, there was a local theatre which was run by a Jewish director who began giving sanctuary to refugees. Despite this, there was soon a crackdown by the Swiss police who began to track down refugees and send them back into Germany to face persecution. In 1935, the Swiss police uncovered this Zurich theatre, which was giving sanctuary, and immediately apprehended the immigrants. Elizabeth and Rolf were torn apart during the raid, and Elizabeth was forced to leave Rolf in Switzerland for fear of his almost certain incarceration and possible murder in Germany due to his Jewish heritage. Heartbroken, Elizabeth headed back to Munich, where she was allowed to continue performing under her new identity, Lale Anderson. So, Elizabeth has become Lale, and she took residency at the artist pub called Simplicissimus, uh, which was in the Bohemian Quarter of Munich. During this time, Lale, as she was now known, uh, stumbled across an old poem written by a young soldier during the First World War in memory of Lily and Marlene, uh, two girls who he had loved. Lale worked with a composer friend of hers to set the poem to music, and she began performing it in the cafes and bars around Munich, and it was very well received by the audiences. She decided in 1939 to make her first record and this song, now titled Lily Marlene, would be the vehicle for her success. The folks at home, she imagined, would relate to this story of a young man away from home. The soldiers on the front line would hear it on the wireless and it would remind them of their hometown. The circumstances were just right for this type of song. Sadly for Lale, The attention of the people of Germany was focused on other things other than songs and she only sold a couple of hundred records and her hopes were quickly dashed by the reality of the situation she was in. She returned to performing in the cafes and thought little more of her record. I I just can't stop thinking about the kids. Cut, Isabel. I I don't even (laughs) like children. (laughs) She, I I think, I think, it was a long time ago, and I think the passing off of kids was uh, more acceptable back then. Different time, different time. <laughs> well, back uh, in my day, it was all right. Just leave your kids at your sister's house and then move to Germany and then move to Zurich and then start a career and then change your name and then get married and then release an album. In my day, it was all right, that. <laughs> She's only done one thing wrong. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was passing off her kids to someone else, but... So, uh, so she's produced a record, didn't sell very well at all, and she's gone back to, to touring. So let's go back to the bigger picture here. Shortly after she pu- published that record, on the 1st of September, as is well known, Hitler invaded Poland and, ex- and effectively began the Second World War. By 1941, the German armies had advanced their forces and invaded the kingdom of Yugoslavia and its capital city, Belgrade. So the German air force, the Luftwaffe, bombed the city, but strategically left the Belgrade radio station and its tower untouched. This meant that when the soldiers marched in on foot, the German propaganda forces would be able to take over the station and broadcast its Nazi message to large swathes of Europe and North Africa. The propaganda team, what they would do is they would broadcast speeches from senior Nazi figures as well as their own fascist messages. But between the broadcast, between the 
Nazi figures and the fascist speeches. They needed something to fill the gaps. Uh, they needed some some filler, you know, between all of that stuff. Uh, you just need to get a bit more lighthearted. Yeah, Once you've heard yeah. too much fascism, sometimes you just need to like wind down a little bit. Yeah. You know. guys, I love what, I love what we're doing. I love what we're doing, but it could do with you know a little something just upbeat to keep the spirits yeah, up. Yeah, tell know. us a fun story about a puppy that's made friends with a squirrel. <laughs> that sort ever. of thing. Yeah, yeah. We're not cutting back on the fascist message, but we just need something to you know to keep everyone <laughs> just to mellow it out a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, one Nazi officer in the Belgrade radio station was told to return to one of the old disused radio stations and come back with some records for the Belgrade station to play. On arrival at the old station, the soldier discovered a pile of old records, many of which were cracked or destroyed. So he grabbed as many of the undamaged records as possible, shoved them into a bag and returned to the station. That night, to finish the broadcast for the evening, they played the song Lily Marlene by Lale for the first time ever on the radio. It was the first played by Nazis. First played by Nazis, yeah. Not her choice. I mean, not, she's not... Yeah, not the know. best start to your career, is it? But it's not Lale's choice. Let's, let's be honest. She's, uh, you know. Uh, so, the reaction to this song was almost instant. The radio station was inundated with letters from the front line asking about the woman who sung the song and requesting they keep playing it. The demands were so much that the radio station decided to end their broadcast every night with that song. Now, interestingly, though, the strength of the broadcast tower meant that even the Allied forces on the Western Front were able to listen in. And despite the song being in German, the Allied forces also fell in love with the haunting melody. And so thousands of soldiers from both sides of the battle would tune in to hear the song at the end of the night. And it was even said that for the three minutes and 25 seconds that the song was played, the gunfire would cease up and down the front line as soldiers listened to the words sung by Lale Anderson and thought of home. That's nice, isn't it? We're all getting pleasure from it. Yeah, not just Nazis. No, so I know. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you need to forget about the whole kids thing. Lale's great. She's fine. <laughs> and- oh no, this isn't me being rude about Lale. <laughs> this is this is me just uh, pointing out that yeah, it's great. Her songs really yeah. it's important to people. Enjoyed by Nazis. M- most of them's Nazis. <laughs> the Nazis love it. How's your music career going, Lale? It's all right. Yeah, it's okay. Nazis, Nazis love, love it. Stuff. They love it. So that's good. Right now, for me, that's quite good, isn't it? I mean, it only sold 200 records, but at least the Nazis, Nazis are into like it. it. <laughs> it's a tough situation to be in, sure. Uh, the Allied forces like it too. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll move on for that. So the success of this song did make Lali Anderson a household name, both in cities across Europe and on the front lines. However... All was not well for Lale, as Hitler's right-hand man and propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels, who's pretty well known as a big old Nazi, uh, he hated the song. He believed that the song was having a negative effect on the German troops by undermining their willingness to fight and make them lose confidence in the war. He was bonkers. Yeah, I mean, they all were. They all were. They all were. So, yeah, Hitler and Goebbels were a special kind of um, um, monstrous maniacs. Monstrous, yeah. yeah. Um, Due to all the attention on Lale, Goebbels and his men arranged for her to be spied on by the Gestapo. At this same time, Lale was participating in a tour of uh, the Warsaw Ghetto, which was the largest Jewish ghetto in Europe. She also maintained contact with her love, Rolf Lieberman, and other Jewish artists with whom she used to work. It was, it was at this point that the Gestapo grabbed her, brought her in, and interrogated her. Oh, shit. She was told that she had to stop her disruptive behavior and must cease all communications with Rolf. This, for Lale, was unthinkable. And after being interrogated for some time, she was released... Uh, and immediately she attempted to escape Germany once more by slipping onto a train bound for Switzerland. 
Sadly for her, the Gestapo had followed her, and as soon as she stepped onto the train, she was grabbed by the men and taken away. Oh. Lale was hauled in front of the Nazi Chamber of Culture, which was headed up by Joseph Goebbels, and she was confronted with her so-called offences to Germany. The men in the chamber shouted at her, telling her that she should be ashamed of herself. And after some debate, it was decided that she should be put under house arrest and banned from performing in public. Like Patsy. Like, like Patsy for different reasons. Uh, and I've, oh no, I'm the Nazi in this you're situation. The Nazi. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Um, I think it's fair to put her under house arrest uh, for that, for her own safety. This is for Uh, her safety, not so she can't speak to Jewish people. Sure, sure. Uh, (laughs) She can speak to all the Jewish people she wants. She can. It's very multicultural in Dalston. She's having a great time on a daily basis. She doesn't discriminate. Getting run over by a car. Uh, Yes. So, so Lale did spend months in confinement, and at one point she even attempted to take her own life. Oh Uh, fucking hell! This is dark for a Tuesday. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, At one, (laughs) I mean. Yeah, it is. Uh, at one point, however, the British forces got wind of Lale's house arrest. And the BBC, as part of their propaganda, knowing that they would be broadcast to Germans, um, they broadcast the tragedy that was the wonderful singer uh, of Lily Marlene being incarcerated by these high-ranking German officers uh, so that the German citizens would be able to hear it. Uh, the German Chamber of Culture were forced to vehemently deny that they'd ever imprisoned her and decided to allow Lale to perform again for the troops just to prove that they'd never uh, put her under house arrest. They did, however, tell uh, Lale that she must never sing Lily Marlene again. And if she did, she would be sent to a concentration camp. So the Ministry of Propaganda put on a show starring Lale for three or four hundred German troops. Uh, But of course, as you would expect, they began demanding that she sing the song that they had all heard on the front line, Lily Marlene. This obviously put Lale on the spot. If she sang the song, it was a one-way ticket to a concentration camp. If she didn't sing it, she'd be betraying the only thing that she cared about. It was then that Lale had a bright idea. She had the band strike up the first few notes of the song and then turn to the audience and said, I've sung this to you so many times. Now you sing it for me. Oh, she's found a loophole. She's savvy, isn't she? She's found a loophole. Technically, I mean, (laughs) if she doesn't end up dead doing this, it's a technicality. Amazing, because if it's someone turned around to like really (laughs) trying to argue with Nazis about this, technically, I didn't sing it. (laughs) Actually, I think you'll find the rule was I wasn't like I didn't do the singing, the audience did. Yeah, you're still going to the concentration camp. You are. Well, so the 400 or so young soldiers stood up and sung the entire song to her without Lale singing a single word. Apparently, that was fine. Apparently, she got away with it. That's uh, mad. So, due to her overwhelming uh, popularity, the German Minister of Propaganda began making more and more demands of her, demanding that she be available at any time to perform for troops, at ceremonial events, and on the radio. This increasingly angered and upset Lale, and eventually an old performer friend of hers offered her accommodation on a small island named Langug Island just off the coast of North Germany. And so Lale snuck away, awaiting the end of the war. Meanwhile, German cities were bombed day and night, food was becoming scarce, and things were looking increasingly bleak for the Nazis. The Allied forces marched into Germany and liberated large swathes of the country, and the Nazi party collapsed, sealing the end of the Second World War. Lale quickly began performing again, and it became clear to her now that her song had not only reached the troops at home, but had spread across the continent, irrespective of boundaries or bunkers. Lale was singing but this time it was for the liberating armies of the Allied forces who sang along with her to the tune of Lily Marlene. 
Of course, at the front of her mind during this time was the idea of getting back to the man who was once her great love, Rolf Lieberman. Still still not bothered about going back to the kids. <laughs> uh, she moved on. I mean, it was water. Anything could have happened to them at this stage. So, you know. I, They're I, dead. To be fair, she might have got back with them at this point. I, I, could, I didn't find it out in the story. Nothing was mentioned. She might have... <laughs> Brought them back in under her arm. We don't know. We just don't know. We just don't know. Forget about the kids. Doesn't matter. Not important. Anyway, she she began corresponding with Rolf Lieberman, and they agreed that they would reunite on the shores of Lake Constance, which sits on the border of Germany and Switzerland. However, sadly, not every part of this story can play out like a Hollywood movie. Also, her kid, whole kids part. Maybe you wouldn't put in the Hollywood movies. Um, <laughs> as as after only a short amount of time, it became clear that their time apart had destroyed everything that they had. There was no, nothing left, no spark of love. Rolf Lieberman later explained, you meet like strangers who do, who do not even know what they should say to each other. Despite this, Lale's career took a fresh start. The first music concerts since the end of the war were broadcast from the Hamburger Musical and Lale was invited to perform. She toured for many years for troops occupying Germany and across Europe, reminding the young men of home. So, Isabel, how does this all tie into Eurovision? I hear you ask. Well... You do hear me ask that. Well, let's start. Let's just start with Rolf Lieberman. Just over a decade after the end of World War II, a small singing competition was turning on its cameras for the very first time at Eurovision. And who was the president of the jury? The man in charge of moderating the seven international juries and finalising the results. That's right, it was Rolf Lieberman. But that's not all, Isabel. That's not the only link. For Lale... Being able to perform on the Eurovision stage quickly became her ambition. In 1958, Lale entered into the German national finals, but sadly just missed, missed out, coming second to Margot Hilscher. However, we know our Lale isn't one to give up easily, unless it's kids. That, she, she gives those up. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad so... you got in there before I did. <laughs> After three years and at the age of 56, Lale won the German national final with the song Let's Meet Again and became the oldest participant in the Eurovision Song Contest, a record which surprisingly held all the way until 2008 when the 75-year-old Croatian entertainer known as 75 cents came 21st <laughs> in the competition. I feel like we should probably write a story about 75 cents as well, but that's Almost maybe certainly. another time. Yeah. Sadly, Lale placed only 13th out of 16 contestants in the final. But it takes more than that to knock her back. Lale continued to tour Europe, USA, and Canada until her farewell tour called Goodbye Memories in 1967. Goodbye, no- memories. Goodbye, Farewell, bye bye. children. I'm off. <laughs> Ta-ra. <laughs> off I go. Goodbye. Um, in 1978, she released her best-selling autobiography called The Sky. Where have my kids gone? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyone seen uh, my kids? God, about them. What uh, kids? <laughs> well, she... Okay. What was she, it called? Sorry, what was it called? She was called The Sky Has Many Colours uh, at the age of 67. Uh, and then just a couple of months after this, Lale did sadly die. Uh, she quickly I'm not laughing at that I'm just laughing it's at it's just the most depressing story of all time she did alright I mean she did there okay there was a woman she gave I can condense this I can give you the abridged version of this yeah, story okay, right? go on. okay go on there was a woman who mm. just gave her children away <laughs> yeah. was haunted by the Nazis for yeah. a very long time yeah repeatedly tried to escape um, got separated from the love of her life yeah. who she thought was dead found him they don't love each other anymore no. <laughs> went for Eurovision she didn't, didn't do win. it then she died <laughs> I think she, I think I included the most dramatic parts of her story sure but I think there were bits in the middle that were probably fine she probably had you know times when she had a nice cake loved that 
sat in a nice garden, probably enjoyed that too. It's not important to the story. It's not relevant to the story though, is it? Just like her kids weren't that relevant to the not story. Relevant, not, not relevant, not relevant, mate. Not relevant to the story. No. Uh, wow. She, she was buried on Langug Island where all those years before she'd escaped the Nazis to wait until the peace came. So, Isabel, <laughs> I know it was a very front-heavy story and involved a short amount of Eurovision, but I feel like it's a, a story about how song can unite whether you are a Nazi or whether you're not a Nazi. So, there we go. <laughs> happy, happy Tuesday, Oh, everyone. no, that was a great story, mate. It was that a pretty was a good story, story, sure. Yeah, it was a pretty good story. No, that was really good. That's made me laugh a lot. It was. It's always tricky when you're talking about Nazis, isn't it? You know, it's always tricky. Um, it's a story worth telling, though. <laughs> oh my god, hundred percent it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on from Nazis, shall we? <laughs> uh, let's move on to the part of the podcast where I try and do a song that I think could be a Eurovision. Big with the Nazis. Mash it. No, we've moved no. on from Nazis. We ain't okay. we ain't doing Nazis. This week, I've been looking at a format or a style of song that has been very successful in Eurovision in the past and has created a song that I think is one of the most memorable songs in Eurovision history, but isn't done very much anymore. And that style of song, Isabel, is a song yeah. about or including... A historical figure. Rah, rah, Rasputin. Well, da, 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 da. so that, w- but that wasn't a Eurovision song, was it? No, I'm thinking of Gen, Gen, Gen Gitskan. No, 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 no. Yes, which is which is weird because I always think that that Boney M song Rasputin is a Eurovision song. It's basically a Eurovision song that didn't enter Eurovision. It's about yeah. Russia. It's like disco pop. It's a great. It's I listened to it today. It's a great song. So, inspired by both Genghis Khan and Rara Rasputin, I have decided to write a song featuring, perhaps featuring as many historical figures as I can throw in. I've gone for quantity here. Uh, Okay, not quality. Well, we don't, we yet see. It could be both. We don't know. So, I have written a song, Isabel, called Turn Back My Clock. (laughs) <laughs> are, are you ready to hear Turn Back My Clock? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Roland. Here we go. Not since Cleopatra loved Antony Has this feeling meant so much, girl, you're the only thing I see Back when Archimedes first exclaimed Eureka All his smartest math can calculate how sexual we are Look back through history and girl, it ain't no mystery When you invite me over, I can be your Casanova, baby We're locked in the past, we're gonna move fast Baby, uh, 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 baby I'm gonna take you on a history tour We'll keep on going cause you're screaming for more There ain't no era where you wouldn't look fine so grab a hug and we'll be moving through time Turn back my clock, no one's done it better when you get up from now until the end of fall There's no one who can do it all to you Turn back my clock, oh Turn back my clock, oh Turn back my clock, yeah Turn back my clock Just like Bill Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet We're the star-crossed lovers but won't end in suicide And though King Henry had to go through many wives I'd stop my own religion just to help keep love alive Now girl, our time's come and while it lasted we had fun But Einstein's theory says there's many worlds and girls for me to go and see His cosmology is setting me free Baby, uh, 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 baby I'm gonna take you on a history tour We'll keep on going cause you're screaming for more There ain't no era where you wouldn't look fine So grab a hold that we'll be moving through time Turn back my clock, no one's done it better when you get up from now until the end of thought There's no one who can do it all to you Turn back my clock, oh Turn back my clock, oh Turn back my clock, yeah Turn back my clock 
Isabel. There we go. That was Turn Back My Clock, a song with historical references. Isabel, <laughs> what did what did you think of Turn Back My Clock? You've gone back to your old <laughs> ways, haven't you, Roland? What's that now? What's my old, old ways? What's that? Fitting in yeah. too many words. There's a lot of words in it. <laughs> it's so difficult to keep up with when it gets oh, to the no. chorus. Turn back yeah. the clock. Turn up, better, 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 Right, they'd be able to enunciate. Just so you know, it's turn back the clock. No one does it better when you get me off. From now until Neanderthal, there's no one who could do it all till you turn back my clock. Turn uh, back my clock. Turn back my clock. Turn I back like my that clock. bit. Turn back my clock. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, you had the makings of a very fun disco track in there. It's a good disco track, isn't it? Yeah. But too many you words. Crammed it. Fuck. Full of too much nonsense. Shit. Shit. So there were some great lines in there. I like the Romeo and Juliet and yeah. we're not going to commit suicide. And I like the bit about Henry VIII and I'll start a new religion. <laughs> a new religion for love. For love. I liked that. <laughs> Again, um, a little bit of whitewashing though, because he did kill six, five Murdered women. many women. Murdered yeah. many women, yeah. Many so, women. He was awful. Yeah. yeah. It was um, a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> Lele's kids or whatever she was called. Yeah. I mean, she... Dead yeah, now, doesn't sure. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, um, yeah. All right. Well, let, as we're as we're short on time, should we just go straight to the points? Let's do it, mate. All right, Isabel. After last week's astonishing twelve, amazing twelve, which we were all very happy about, <laughs> Isabel, wh- how many points will you give? Turn back my clock. Six. Six. Wow. Six. Yeah, it's not Th- terrible. No, it's not terrible, but, but think, it's just distinctly mm. average. If that came on at Eurovision, I'd go, oh, mm. this is fun. No, wait, is it? No, it is fun. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no, wait, it is. No, I'm confused no, again. I don't like it. You know, it's I'm flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think that's the lowest score we've got this season. But oh. at least there was a song. Look, mate, you had a 12 last week. I know, I can't I've got high I can't expectations complain. of you now. I couldn't give this your seven or above, could I no. now? When I know what you, I know what you can do. You can do boy yeah. crush. I wouldn't want you to do it just to, just to. I'd be letting you down keep, if I gave no, this any higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. So <laughs> we've had a really nice emails, a distinctly uh, depressing story, and a uh, very me- mediocre song. So absolutely. <laughs> so we've, we've, we've gone. We started on a high. Yeah. Dropped right down and then ended up somewhere in the middle. Somewhere we ended up exactly where we started. So really we've gained nothing from this doing this episode. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. Great. Well again, that's the purpose of the podcast. Yeah, you we don't have we gold. want people to waste uh, yeah. ninety minutes. Yeah. And um, then- and gain nothing. Gain absolutely <laughs> So if that's happened to you this episode, feel free to give us an email uh, at, at at gmail.com or... Or you can tweet us at EuphoriaCast, at Isabel Chilman, at Roland Bodnam. So as this podcast comes out, we are officially two weeks away from Eurovision 2019, which is amazing. I've had... Um, I've had bunting delivered to my apartment with oh, European flags. I've had little flags on sticks delivered. I even, um, because of the way the American tax system works, I got a tax return and spent it on a better speaker so <laughs> that I can play the good Eurovision songs at the party that I'm hosting. It's all coming. So with that in mind, also your um, party that you're hosting completely sold out, right? Oh my God, it's a right stress. Yeah, so currently... Oh. Um, at time of recording, yes, it is sold out, but we may be moving it to a bigger venue. Oh my that. god, that's exciting! That's what so, like uh, uh, like big comedians do, don't they? They add another night. We can't add another uh, night. We so can't we'll add expand. another night. Yeah. No, no. We had gone for quite a small venue this year, and it was going to be yeah. more intimate. But it turns out, actually, we can't do that because we've already got another twenty plus people who want to. Shit. So, um. At time of recording, it's still sold out. And if you've got a ticket already, well done. And we're still in that venue. If 
by the time this comes out we might have moved the venue if so okay. i will post the link again on twitter yeah. for anyone who wants to come if you're in and around london um yeah. and if you have already bought a ticket you will be contacted to tell you the new venue it'll be nearby it'll be close enough yeah. it'll still be south london um but very exciting yes wow that's impressive keep, and in keep the week your... beforehand i'm going to berlin and amsterdam oh my doing god like euro, euro tour you're doing, yeah you're doing your own euro tour that's exciting exactly. um we will also be here before you. This won't be the last time you hear us before Eurovision. We yep. are so in the week of Eurovision, the day before or the day of. We haven't decided that each semi-final. We're going to go through each semi-final songs and then add on a few of the big five to each episode, where we review and rate each song on their likelihood. So. The next time you hear us, it'll be the week of Eurovision. Everything will be going off. It'll be very exciting. And we will give you our rundown of all of the Eurovision 2019 songs. It's very exciting. We have to do our homework, don't we? We do, yes. (laughs) And to do that, I need a good night's sleep. Yeah, it's it's late now. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Apologies for the slightly depressing story, but uh, (laughs) it is a good story anyway. Uh, And we will see you in two weeks' time for Eurovision 2019. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.